Hey everyone, and welcome to SermonCast, a Cheyenne Hills podcast where you can find just the message portion of our services each week. We hope this gives you the opportunity to better digest the teaching portion of our services, whether listening to them again or hearing them for the first time. And now here's today's message. I want to tell you a story about Cristiano Ronaldo. He is a Portuguese footballer, and for us Americans, that means soccer. He has won 33 trophies, over 1,100 career appearances, and 800 goals, making him the highest scorer of all time. He is one of the world's most remarkable and famous athletes. In fact, he is ranked as the highest paid athlete by Forbes in 2016, 2017, and 2023. Time Magazine included him as one of the, on the list of the 100 most influential people in the world. Cristiano Ronaldo on Instagram has 606 million followers. He is the all-time highest social media influencer. He says, uh, he is quoted as saying, without football, my life is worth nothing. An influencer is someone who creates an identity uh, or an image for a specific purpose. So Cristiano Ronaldo, his identity is in football, in soccer, and his purpose is to influence other soccer players. And obviously he's doing a good job with 606 million uh, people who follow him. So an influencer says, this is who I am, and this is what I do. About 10 years ago, uh, it was 10 years ago uh, this month, it actually came up on my Facebook uh, memories. I was cleaning out my kids' bedrooms. There was a couple of desks that they had used, and I tried to sell them at a uh, garage sale, and they didn't, they didn't sell. So I thought, well, I had seen on Pinterest where people kind of painted them and decorated them. So I thought, well, I'll just give my hand at it. I'll, I'll see what I can do. So I painted them up and I put on new little uh, latches and all of that. And I put them on uh, the Facebook uh, yard sale uh, place. And within 20 minutes, I had them sold. And I thought, wow, this is a fun little business. And it really uh, worked with my creativity. I really liked designing and doing that. So I used that money, bought a few more things, painted them up, put them out on Facebook, and sold them. Well, so I kind of, people were like, you should do this as a business, Renee. So I named my business Broken to Beauty, where I would take this old, uh, you know, Maybe they didn't have a purpose, uh, furniture that didn't have a purpose or was broken, and I would upcycle and either give it a new purpose or a refinished purpose. And so I was trying to do all of this, and I, I was like, I don't really know how to make this business work. So I signed up online for a class with a furniture artist. That's what they call us, furniture artists. And she took us through these steps on how to stage your furniture so that people would like it. Um, how to take that picture and put really good pictures out online again so that people would be attracted to it. The other thing she did was how to create a social media presence. And uh, I just really needed that because I didn't know how to do that. So she taught how to put content together to engage people, to create followers, how to connect with them. She also taught about the best time to put your posts out online. Do any of you guys know the best time to do that? 
What she said is Thursday or Friday afternoons is the best time to do that. Why? Because many employees are tired of working, ready for the weekend, and they're scrolling through social media. Now, I know none of you guys have ever done that, but that's what she said. So I would line up my posts to hit about uh, 3.30 on Thursday, about 2 o'clock on Friday, when people are scrolling through where their bosses don't know it, so that I could sell. And they also said Sunday afternoons during football season is another time to post. So I started doing this. And I started creating a following, and uh, I actually was able to extend some of my market down to Denver and was selling some furniture pieces down there. And so my purpose was to use creativity to inspire other artists and bring beauty into the home space. And so um, I had a lot of fun doing that. And, drum roll, I have a total of 500 followers, okay? Very small compared to Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, but what I discovered through this process, that there's a lot of pressure to create your own identity. There's a lot of pressure to be on social media a lot. Um, you have to always be on. This was a job that I couldn't just take vacation. You needed to be available 24-7 if someone was interested in a piece or had a question about a piece or if there was someone who made a comment. You have to be on 24-7. There's also a, a lot of unpredictability about the finances. And no matter how hard I worked my business, no matter how hard I created this identity, there were just slow times where I could not sell anything. There was also an unpredictable audience. And while you, know, the, you would try to gain followers, you gain people who love your work, you also gain people who hate you and would put little snide comments out there. And so you had to deal with all kinds of people. There was a lot of pressure just to keep up on the trends and what people were doing and, and what people wanted. There was a lot of pressure to do that. And so um, what I began to realize is that creating who I want to be is different from understanding who God made me to be. When you were younger and a teacher asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you remember what you said? I remember I was about in fifth or sixth grade and a teacher, we were supposed to write an essay on what do you wanna be when you grow up? Now I couldn't decide. I had two, two courses of action. One, I wanted to be a concert pianist or I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. <laughs> now, I don't know how they're too connected, but uh, those, were, those were my, those what I thought I should be. Now what I didn't realize I was, I was too young. I lacked the self-awareness to really know who I really was. And so as I kind of went through my grades, I played piano for the choir a lot. But I remember I was a junior or senior, and I was kind of faking my way through the piano piece and the choir was struggling. And I recognized that to be a concert pianist demands that you practice a lot, okay? You're alone at home, or if I were to pursue that in college, you're alone a lot practicing. And what I realized was, I was, God made me to be an extrovert. And not only was I an extrovert, but I, I, I remember that moment where I, we're preparing for a Christmas program, and I am just faking it through. I had spent a lot of my time that day. I was the student body president, and, you know, we were making changes in Little LaGrange, Wyoming. And that was what I was about. 
So I recognized that God didn't create me to be in a room by myself playing the piano, though I love uh, classical music and I especially love like uh, uh, film scores. Um, so I really love instrumental. But I had to look at what, who I really was. Now, as far as being a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, well, that kind of faded away pretty quickly. Uh, I had to recognize I was a 5'6 rancher's daughter, uh, and I am, I am genetically predisposed to sweat at any type of humidity over 15%. I am a sweater. So I would be a hot mess in that silver outfit of a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. So I had to just put that all away. Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? What is my purpose and where am I going? If you Google that, those are the three most fundamental questions that any human being grapples with, asks, want the answers to. Who am I? What is my purpose? And what am I, where am I going? If you have been attending church here for the last month or so, uh, you'll remember early in September, Galen, we started this Fortify series, and Galen started talking about the cups of Passover and how the roots of that started in um, Exodus 6 and how we're linking them to a purpose here at Cheyenne Hills Church. And so we have those four cups that I'm going to talk about later, but we talked about our purpose here is to know God. Okay, for us to just develop that relationship with God, to bring others to church, to help them know God. And then another part of this purpose is for us to find freedom. And so if, if we've lived life long enough, we know we are in bondage to sin and doing things that we don't want to do. So finding freedom. Last week, Karsten just hit it out of the park, uh, talking about getting involved with grow groups, finding a group of believers where you could confess and be healed. So know God, find freedom. And today we're going to talk about discover your purpose. And part of that is answering those questions. Who am I? What is my purpose? And where am I going? So this is key. Knowing who we are helps us discover why we're here. To have that self-awareness to understand who we are helps us know what our purpose is. So we're going to go back to the very early history of mankind uh, in Genesis 1, 26, where God, God gives us a peek into who we are. He says this, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over ever, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So who am I? Who is all of mankind? Well, we can see here that all of us, anyone born on this earth, we're made in the likeness of God, meaning we, we're at that mirror reflection. It means that the blueprint of God has been created in us. Um, so when we say that we have a mind, will, and emotions, what that means is we have that because God is intellectual, because he is purposeful, because he too is emotional. And while he is perfect in all things he, he does, and we're not, we live life, we think through things, we make choices, we feel emotions because we are that reflection of who God is. 
We are designed to make moral choices because God is righteous, holy, and good. We also have this fundamental need to have that companionship with God. Um, after he created Adam and Eve, it talks a lot about how God came to walk with them and was looking for them, how they enjoyed that companionship together. And so we too have that longing. When we're self-aware, we have that longing to walk with God, to have that relationship with him. So because we are image bearers of God, we also have capabilities and we have a purpose. Uh, when you read further on, um, the, the verse before it talks about it, but Genesis 1:28 further explains and says, when he created male and females, he blessed them. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have, and again, he repeats this, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, oftentimes when we read this verse, we look at that phrase, be fruitful and multiply. Traditionally, we interpret that to mean to build a family, to you know, start a family, have kids, and definitely that is part of it. But as I was studying, um, a lot of theologians expand that to mean that we are to purposefully increase the abilities God designed us to have as we as we have dominion over the, the earth. So when you think about be fruitful and multiply, in John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay connected to me, if you abide in me, you will be fruitful. So I think it's really cool here that God just gives us the, that answer to who am I and what is my purpose in really generic forms. But for us to, to see that he has given us a, a, a purpose here, and along with that comes that ability to be fruitful and multiply and give that, that um, glory to God uh, as he has us set here on earth. So knowing who we are helps us discover why we're here. Uh, trying to understand how God designed each one of us, and each one of us are different, and that just blows my mind. But how he designed us helps us find our purpose in the story. I met Sarah, Ferga uh, Sarah Ferguson, Sarah Carlson, uh, about a year or so ago. She is now uh, influencing your children. If you have children back in the kids' ministry, she's back there. But she has this great journey of how she became involved in finding her purpose. And so if you'll take a second, we've got a video of her sharing her journey. So my name is Sarah Carson. Um, we moved here a couple years back. My husband's military. When we first came to town, um, we had been helping plant churches for a long time. And so a huge part of that was just finding a church that we could just call home and stay out for a while just to give our kids some stability within a church. And we ended up at Cheyenne Hills because we wanted a really good place for our kids to go. And from there, I ended up just volunteering. When I was teaching middle school in Loveland, one of the teachers that I worked with, she invited me to her church that she was going to. I showed up and found out that it was a church plant and it had been there for only a couple months. And from there, we kind of just plugged in and kind of started helping. And then that church started to close and it was like God just lined up the next few years of our lives. Prior, I was 
teaching and, um, you know, being a mom. And so my focus was very much on those things. And sometimes I feel like God just shifts our focus to, to remember that we are actually here to serve him and a heart that's serving God is definitely more focused on his people. Typically it's not the easier of the roads, but there's definitely a lot of blessings within that. I finished my master's um, in May and our youngest is starting kindergarten. And so having all of those roads come to an end kind of left me to pray about next steps. I applied to several jobs and got no interview. And so then that's always like a moment of pause of obviously I'm seeking the wrong thing. So which direction should I go? And surrendered everything. And then the very next day, sat down with Tiffany Erickson and Merle and they were like, we actually have your next steps for you if you're willing to accept them. And um, it was like a very teary moment to just know that, you know, like God watches over us. And now I'm the elementary coordinator. And then I also work at Shine Hills Christian Academy as the specials teacher too. So I think listening when, when we're called to do something, but then also I feel like as we grow in our relationship with God, he transforms our heart. I definitely think that the more I've surrendered, the more God's been like, and what if we tweak this piece and this piece? And then from there, it allows me to see, okay, I literally see the things that you've lined up for me. I have always stuck with this saying that I was told that you serve the people that are between your two feet. So that means that your neighbors, that means all the people around you. Um, And then in this case, having volunteered in the church in kids ministry and then stepping into a position where um, I'm able to work here and serve the kids here, just watching them grow in their gifts and their their ability to like step out has been huge. And I would say that that's not only where God has me, but it's also fulfilling as well to just be able to be a part of whatever it is that he has going on. She says so many great things there um, about, you know, sometimes serving and finding my purpose can happen right where I'm standing, right where I'm living, whether it's with our family, with our neighborhood, with our city. I just love that. She also talked about how Um, She had to make a choice because Merle and Tiffany came to her and said, hey, we have something for you if you're willing to do that. One of the things, uh, while all humans were all made in God's image, when we follow Jesus, when we see that we have that need for him and we ask him to be our Lord and Savior, we become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Uh, she said something, you know, if she, if, if she choose this mission, if you've ever watched those Mission Impossible stories where Ethan Hunt is running around, running around, and you think that there's uh, this protagonist there or an antagonist there, and all of a sudden they rip off that mask and you see who they really are, That's kind of like what happens to us when we become a believer. It's like we get this new identity. We become a new person. And we have that that newness, and we can forget the old things. Tim Keller, a theologian that just passed away a while back, says this, Christianity is the only identity that is received and not achieved. While a social media influencer says, I can create myself to achieve my purposes, 
A Christian influencer says, I have been created by God to fulfill an eternal purpose for his kingdom. When we become believers, we get this new identity, we receive it, and it's full of these uh, spiritual gifts and passions that God put in us. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, meaning we can't achieve it. Not a result of works, so that no one would boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared forehand that we should walk in them. I love how the New Living says this. It says we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we will do good things he planned a long time ago. Doesn't that kind of just blow your mind to think that you have a specific purpose here on this earth. And God has already figured out all the uh, nuances of how that is going to look. When we become a believer, we get a new identity. And along with that are these special abilities, these spiritual abilities. And uh, they're called spiritual gifts. We all have them. And the purpose of that is not for our own glory, but it's for building up the church. And Sarah said that. He, she said, when you seek to serve God, it's all about serving uh, his people. Ephesians 4.12 says that we may have spiritual gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So we have these special abilities so that I can encourage you, so that you can encourage me, so that you can do things that this body of Christ would be whole. 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each of us have received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So we have an, a, an identity that's given to us. We have special capabilities that have been given to us so that we can find our purpose. And when we do our purpose, then we know where we're going. Uh, Aaron Goddard has been serving here on the tech team for quite a while. I've gotten to know him over the last couple of years. And his journey to find his purpose uh, is, is really quite fascinating. So uh, we have a video of him sharing that with us here today. My name is Aaron Goddard. Uh, first moved up here to Cheyenne, Wyoming back in 2019. Um, originally from the Denver area. My wife is from the uh, Cheyenne area. Jamie was going to MOPS and she was very active in the, the ministry there. And I, I witnessed what Jamie was experiencing with uh, the, her fellowship with her ministry in the MOPS. That's when I realized that's what I was missing, you know? And so I, I wanted to get involved, find that, you know, my own fellowship, not just, you know, making friends, you know, becoming part of a team, becoming part of something else. Uh, so I, I attended the 301, you know, just said, hey, like, I, I'll do anything, you know, like, wh where do you guys need the most help, you know? And Alan Jones, he overheard me saying that. He's like, hey, man, I, I could use you over in video. And I was like, I've never done it before. And he's like, he's like, I'll teach you. Let's, you know, and then the very next week I was shadowing him. You know, the video, there's a lot there. It, it was overwhelming. I was very overwhelmed with how much stuff there was, you know, all the pieces that needed to be done. There was a lot of times I actually was just like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Like, you know, like I, I'm more structured. This is chaotic. I need to put order around this stuff, you know? And uh, that was very difficult for me when I first started. Looking back, 
at all the, you know, the chaos as I described it. I have a skill set that I'm able to find the sense in the nonsense. And that's what I do for a career, essentially. You know, I work in data, I look in data analytics. That influenced my ability to just take this job on and kind of bring out even more strength that I didn't even realize I had, because as I said, I didn't know if I was cut out for this. God did chip away at those. I didn't know those were my strengths. You know, those just were always just inherent in everything that I did, but I never would have realized that I could have taken what God molded in me and plugged it into the church and made it work. It, it, it's exactly what I needed and how God knew I needed it, even though I didn't know I needed it. And he put it in my path. I, I know I'm fulfilled when I come here. I know I have a purpose and I didn't realize how much I needed that until I got plugged into it. You know, I, I would challenge people to firstly, open your heart you know, and listen for that voice to tell you that you're missing something, right? Um, and then act on it. So did I hear him say working with artists is chaotic? Does it? I think I heard him say that. So a little behind the scene here. Uh, last weekend, he was on the video. And so what that means is when you are watching online or even here, the video person is choosing shots and there's a purpose and a method and all of that so that you guys feel engaged. Well, last week during one of the songs, uh, one of the music people came running back to me and said, we have a confidence monitor here that has all the words so they know what words to sing. She goes, Renee, the, the confidence monitor's out. So I go running into Aaron's workspace and he's moving the cameras and I go, what are we gonna do about the confidence monitor? How do we get it on? And he's like, Renee, I don't do that. Uh, you'll have to go talk to tech. Okay, we're going to camera four, going to camera five. So last week he got to put into practice this finding the peace in all the chaos. And so we so appreciate what he does around here. I hope you heard some of that other things that he said about didn't really know he was looking for his purpose until he plugged in. Uh, so I really appreciate him, except for today. I am, my fantasy football team is up against his today. I think I'm probably going to get whooped. But anyway, we so appreciate what he's doing. So knowing our purpose helps us know where we're going. It helps us give us direction. And uh, like Galen talked about, the four cups of Passover found in Exodus and how they align with our purpose here. And so we have that cup of salvation, that cup of deliverance, that cup of redemption, and that cup of fulfillment. And how it correlates with uh, Ephesians 1.18, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And so that cup of redemption is what we all experience when we discover our purpose. And Peter's life, the Apostle Peter, is probably the greatest redemption story ever recorded. A few weeks ago, I was really privileged to be able to uh, spend about three hot, sweaty hours in the Vatican City uh, touring just great pieces of art, uh, saw so many beautiful things, uh, went to the Sistine Chapel, and we ended up in St. Peter's uh, Cathedral, which is the largest cathedral in the world. And you can see here, it's very ornate, tells a lot of the stories. Inside that cathedral, they actually have markers of where all the other cathedrals in the world fall short, just how large it is. 
part of St. Peter's Cathedral is the statue of Peter. And uh, you can see there that he, um, he's sitting there on his feet. I don't know if you can see from where you're sitting, but one foot, you can see the toes. The other foot is just a blob. And so for centuries, people have come, flocked to St. Peter's Cathedral, have come to his statue, wanting a blessing that their life maybe didn't turn out the way they wanted it to and wanted, you know, praying to St. Peter. And so they would touch his foot and that over centuries has caused there to be no toes on it at all, which I think is fascinating. Now, that's what they, that's what they believe that, that, that he's going to be able to redeem their story. But uh, St. Uh, Apostle Peter had probably one of the most turnaround where God restored him. So if you think about the story of Peter, he was a fisherman. If he had a fifth grade uh, essay on what he wanted to be when he grew up, most likely he was like, I'm going to be a fisherman. Like my dad's a fisherman, like my grandpa's a fisherman. Um, that's what I'm going to be. And fishermen in that time were kind of middle class. So it was a really good thing, a really good career to be in. He, he was just going to do fish, enjoy life, fix his nets and go about life. Well, then... Jesus, the rabbi, comes and meets him and says, follow me. Now, in that day, especially for fishermen, to be called out and to ask to follow a rabbi was a great privilege. And, and so Peter followed Jesus for three years, and Jesus poured into his life, and you can read that in the Gospels. One thing we know about Peter, he was fiery, he was decisive, he was a, an extrovert, um, he probably made some rash choices sometimes, but in those three years, he was a follower of Jesus, wanting to be like him. And you know, as the story goes, that when Jesus was arrested um, and he was taken away, Peter was asked and, or said, you know, you're probably a follower of Jesus. And he denied it. He denied it three times. Now, when you deny something the first time, that can be an, oh, oops, I misspoke. I am being a wimp. I've got a cowboy up here and be truthful to my savior. But he, he denied him three times, meaning it was an intentional, purposeful choice that he wanted to distance himself from Jesus. And so what often happens when something awful happens in our life, when we have uh, been broken because Jesus told him he was going to do that, we run back to what's secure, what's familiar. So he ran back onto his boat trying to catch fish, just ashamed of himself. And he was, in that story, Peter the betrayer. And his story could have ended there. But as we know that once Jesus, uh, he was crucified and he was risen, the risen Jesus sought him out. I believe he went looking for Peter. And you have that wonderful, beautiful conversation around the fire. You know, Peter, feed my fish, or feed my fish, feed my people, love my people. And Jesus gave him a new identity. And he said, no longer are you going to be called Simon, the fisherman, the betrayer, you are going to be called Peter, the rock. And on this rock, my church is going to be built. And I'm sure at the time, Peter was like, what? I think he was probably so humbled that God, that Jesus would give him a new identity and give him a new 
purpose. I, I, he had no idea what was about to happen. But as we read in Acts, there was a large uh, gathering there and Peter spoke up and he told the people there, turn from your ways, turn from your wickedness, turn from your sin. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, believe on him. And he gave this wonderful message where over 3000 people became believers. He became Peter the evangelist. And I can imagine that after he told the story of Jesus, after he asked people to become believers, he's probably went down, he probably talked to a few people that were crying and needing hugs. I imagine that he and the other uh, disciples were probably fist bumping like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. He was probably exhausted from talking to all these people, walked home, probably had a little bit of supper, and he went to bed exhausted. And he began to replay Peter, the fisherman, Peter, the betrayer, Peter, the rock, and now Peter, the evangelist. And I imagine that he said, look at what God has done through me. I, I can't even imagine what God has done through me. Um, as we Listen to Sarah and to Aaron. Their story was kind of the same of, I didn't know what I could do. And God slowly put me on the path of where he's using my skills. And I'm doing more than I thought I could ever do. All of them, it took a step of obedience. Peter, at some point, especially around the fire, when Jesus is talking to him, he could have said, nope, I have screwed up too much. I'm going back to fishing. But he, there was a point of obedience. Both um, Sarah and Aaron saw their spiritual gifts, saw God use their spiritual gifts to help serve and be a part of other people. Both have experienced that fulfillment, that end of a crazy Sunday, dealing with kids, dealing with crazy artists, that they can go, wow, God, look at what you've done through me. So imagine yourself in six months' time, maybe even a year, and like Aaron said, you know, open your heart, listen to what God is trying to tell you, and see where he places you. But imagine six months from now, or a year from now, and you've discovered your, your spiritual gifts. Maybe you've helped set up chairs for, a, for an event and you saw people come to Christ. Maybe you have been uh, working with little two-year-olds or, or second graders and one of them becomes a believer and accepts Jesus as their savior. Maybe you're working in Thrive and that complication of teenage years and you coach and you pray with this young person and you see them become committed to Christ. Maybe in a year, you're going to go home and you're going to be exhausted. And you're going to lay down and you're going to hear God say, look at what I did through you. And you're going to have this sense of fulfillment and joy and uh, peace that you've probably not experienced in many, many years. That is our hope for you that is our dream for you, that as we go through this process of know God, finding freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference, that just like Peter, one night you're going to go, look at what God did through me.
He has redeemed my past, my mistakes, those things that have happened to me, all for his glory. So how do we do that? Well, we have what we're calling the growth track. These are our next steps. If you've been around here for a while, you've heard us talk about 101, 201. Aaron talked about 301. That is a class that I have been teaching for a couple of years now. Um, but we're, we've kind of revised it, fortified it. We're keeping some of the basic things, but we're going to uh, kind of enhance your experience so that you can truly make a difference. So Galen's going to come out and help me explain this a little bit because we want want you all to be able to sign up. Well, I'm not going to explain it better than you just have. Testing, there we go. Great job. Oh, that was so you. powerful. So yeah, give her a hand. That was awesome. Um, I, hope, I hope you've observed over the last three weeks what we've been trying to do. I, I did the no God piece. That's coming to church, come to Shine Hills, you know, come to Sunday service. We'll help you know God. That's salvation. Last week, uh, Carson spoke on uh, finding freedom, so you'll get involved in a group. Today, Renee has, has talked about um, discovering your purpose. Now, the one part that's fortified, we, we've, been, we've been doing, we've been preaching, I've been preaching here a long time, knowing God was, okay, we've been doing that. And really, the, the, grow, the grow groups, we've been doing that pretty well over the last hunk of time. But the fortified piece is really the piece that you've taken on. And I will just tell you guys, it's really easy to cast vision. You know, you go to it, get an idea, and you say, wow, this is cool. Cast the vision. Somebody has to do a whole bunch of work. She has done a whole bunch of work on a deep dive of, okay, so this is a great concept. How do we incorporate that into mm -hmm. our church? And so right. I can't thank you enough for all the work you've done. And really the fortified piece is, is this. And, mm -hmm. the, and now there's steps. Right. Step one, two, and three. And this is a – we've done these steps. We've called it 101, 201, 301. But we're – they've been – changed around a little bit. Yeah. We've modified it. We've fortified it. Yes. Right? Right. Okay. So, so I'm going to say this and you can correct me. Next week, we're starting the step one. Yes. That's, and I'm teaching that one. Yes. Connect and, to Cheyenne Hills Church. Okay. Yes. So I got that on my calendar right now. Just yes. wrote it in my head. Yes. Okay. So that is really, honestly, one of the things that's fortified in that step is, is membership. I've not really, I've kind of, I've been a little bit okay, whatever with membership. This is really saying, you know what? We're all in. I'm going to, and I think this is a great challenge. We need to, to make, I need to fortify this part. So I'm going to be teaching uh, next uh, Sunday night. At 6.30, we're going to have a little dessert. Galen's going to do, he's going to talk about our vision and, and all values, all of that, but also how we make decisions, but also how important, how instrumental, yeah. how influential you will be to our body of believers. Right. And then step two, you're going to take over. Right. And so we'll uh, do an analysis of our personality, our spiritual gifts, and we're going to look at our passions too. And so my hope is, uh, whether is to start you on the path of knowing your personal statement, your undeniable passion uh, of why God's put you here on earth. So uh, yeah, we'll do a little bit of that. And that's the 15th. Okay. And then, and then the final one you're going to talk about, that's getting a part of the crew and you, yes. you know, this is the crew right here. You right. Get a shirt. And, and uh, okay, go ahead. 
Right, and so um, uh, step three is join the crew. It's our group of volunteers. We, um, the whole idea of the crew is that each one of you have has a specific oar uh, that is made for you. Jump in the boat, grab your oar, and we're gonna make ripples. And go. if you remember our Ripple Cafe out there, we're gonna create ripples where you are gonna be influential either in our church or in our community or even around the world. So right. it's going to be a, a great time to get to know people and so join that, the team. That's what we fortified. That's what it looks like. Um, the next, I think the piece that you have done, I, I just as an observer here watching today, I just, you know, I know that you've got your master's in leadership and you've got, you've done a lot with leadership and to see you be able to jump into this, uh, really this fortifying this piece of giftedness, passion, um, mission statement, personal yeah. mission statement. That's kind of your wheelhouse. So it you're is. finding it your is. purpose in that as you're helping others to find purpose in that. And mm -hmm. so uh, it's great. Great job. Uh, the story of the Apostle Peter just resonates with me every time. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you doing that. Why don't you pray for us, I will Galen? gladly pray for us. Thank you so much. Father, I do thank you. I thank you for this, this process. And I, I pray, God, that you would, as we're just rolling out these this kind of fortified process, uh, purpose for our church. Lord, I pray that there will be a bunch of stories of people that have been able to find out why they've been put on this planet and, and what their kingdom purpose is. And then they can, their heads will hit the pillow someday and be exhausted and say, wow, I can't believe that God used me like that. I hope there's a lot of stories that we have at the end of this, uh, during this journey that we're, we're embarking on. So thank you for Renee. Thanks for this uh, deep dive she's done to help us get to this point. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us as we fortify uh, this process and we we be caught doing what you're, you ask us to do when you return. I pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Make sure to check out our companion podcast where we dig deeper into an aspect of each week's sermon with questions and applications that are great for your Bible study or your grow group conversations. Like and subscribe to the channel as well so you don't miss any of our sermons or content. And if you're interested in our church, come check us out at CheyenneHills.org. And remember, be strong and very courageous.